0: Traveling the world, searching for equestrians of all breeds. The journey starts now on the International Equine Network. Good afternoon, equestrians of all breeds. This is Scott Miller, and I'm coming to you live from Delray Beach, Florida, at Sunshine Meadows Equestrian Village. We're in the middle of our summer um, hiatus, I would say. Not a lot of horses here. They're all up north, and New York and Kentucky and Pennsylvania and California, Canada, Michigan, Illinois, over in Europe, uh, they're all away from the farm this uh this summer. We still have a good good show group here that's uh showing in Wellington and showing up at um uh, at the World Equestrian Center in uh, Ocala. So we do have some here getting a lot of things done on the farm. Uh, Brandon's really doing a lot, uh, real good with the with the farm here, getting caught up on a lot of things. And, so we're kind of excited about that and we kind of get a rest up here for the next, uh, three or four weeks before things really get going, you know, start coming back again. And, uh, so we're excited. And one of the things that we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about a lot of things today from, uh, uh, the breeders cup, uh, to racing in Kentucky and New York and racing in, um, in California. So we're going to start off with uh, equinox, uh, equinox, um, is the world's best horse rank. Uh, and he's top of the horse rankings, uh, right now. Um, he, he's a great horse. Um, he, uh, is a type of horse he's running in Japan and he, he does a lot of, uh, you know, international things. Uh, we don't see, we haven't seen him here, you know, uh, with us here in the States, but, um, you know, he's really a good horse. Um, uh, we have, um, uh, I'd say one of the, I, in my book, this horse is the best horse ever and his name's Cody's wish, a godolphin horse. Yeah. He was named after a young man from Kentucky there. And, um, it seems like every time he runs, he wins, you know, for Cody. And so that, that, uh, kind of, um, you know, is, um, horse that, uh, you like to see every now and then you'll see somebody, you know, get close to a horse like that. And, and um, Cody's a uh, disabled young man. Um, he's been to several of uh, Cody Wish's uh, um, uh, races and when he won. And this horse is just uh, unbelievable, um, you know, in what he does. Um, you know, Cody's Wish uh, is, my, is the top one in my book. Um, then we have other American horses that are in the world rankings. Uh, Repo Stable and St. Elias Stable's uh, up to the mark. Um, Bruce Lufford's Art Collector. Um, they're right behind Cody's Wish there. Um, I tell you, we got some real good horses that, that are running here in the States. Uh, art Collector's good. Uh, uh, you know, it's just uh, amazing how good uh, we we have it here in the United States. And, and a lot of times people don't realize the quality of horses that they're seeing until, uh, you know, start throwing them on a world stage and comparing them to horses all around the world. And it, it's kind of interesting to see, you know, uh, how, how they fare up. with. And, and so uh, I, I, I'm, I'm saying that we got the best. Even though I don't say that on paper, we got the best. Um, speaking of the best, uh, we got a sales coming up here at Saratoga. Um, it's, it's a catalog of 102 Fasic Tipton. Uh, um, horses are available it's a yearling sale and man i tell you what this yearling sale is something else Uh, for a long time uh, saratoga has been noted in their yearling sales Um, it's ranked number one yearling sale by percentage of grade one winners and graded stakes winners uh it's just amazing uh, that they how the sale just cranks out the champions you know one right after another and it's kind of a a sale that not many people notice, you know, that type of thing. Uh, but when you start going through the catalog and you see who comes out of this sale, it it just blows your mind, you know, the quality. It's quality from, from uh, you know, one to um, uh, 102. Uh They're all quality horses, and that's what I like about it. Um, uh, you know, if I had to say, if I had only one sale to go to to buy a horse at, and that includes all the, the, sales in Kentucky and New York and California and Florida and everything. I think this would be the sale that I'd go to. If I was going to throw my hat in the ring to get a horse to run in the Derby, this yearling sale would be the sale that I would go to. And, uh, we'll have, we'll have this sale live, um, on, uh, on IENTV.com at, um, our last call. And that'll be August 7th and 8th at, um, uh, to 2023 at the Vasic Sales in, uh, Saratoga, New York. And I believe the time on that, uh, sale time is 6.30 yeah, that, that that comes on. So but we'll have that live, uh, there from Saratoga. Um, one of the great things about uh, this time of year is we're talking about Saratoga and, uh, Saratoga is just a phenomenal place. Uh, you know, one day I hope they could have would have the Breeders Cup there, but it's too uh, it's too cold up there at that time of year. The weather's not really not that great. But um, Saratoga is the kind of place that uh, that you go to, and it's tradition, and that's what I, I like about uh, uh, the things that we're doing now here in the thoroughbred in- industry. Uh, we've had a hard time with the COVID and everything, and um, you know, we're getting back to tradition. And what I was always liked as growing up, uh, was, uh, the, the tradition of the industry. Now, when I was coming up, you look forward to the fall meet at Kingland, the spring meet at Kingland, fall meet and spring meet at Churchill. You, you look forward to the Del Mar meet. You look forward to Saratoga. And then, you know, you look forward to going in the wintertime to uh, Florida and to, um California to Hot Springs and to New, or- to New Orleans. But what I like about the, the tradition that we have now is Saratoga's got a great meet. Literally every day there's a big stakes race, there's big races, the two-year-olds are coming around, uh, uh the trainers really point their horses towards Saratoga, you know, to get them right and ready, you know, and, and then, uh uh, you know, same for Delmar. They do the same thing at Delmar. They, they get them right and ready. And you go see the the, the best of the best every day at Delmar and at Sar- Saratoga. Every day, just like at on and Churchill in the fall and the spring. And so all of a sudden, you know, we started realizing after the pandemic and all the different things that we have going on, you know, uh, in, in this world, uh, the crazy things that are going on, um, the horse industry ha- held steady. Um, they didn't waver, they didn't fall, they didn't fail, they held steady. And what I liked about it was, is the pandemic did set us back, but we still continued on with our tradition. And so that, that was really good. Didn't have a lot of people in the stands, you know, and that, that was disappointing, but nevertheless, we still did the racing and still did the showing and the sales and what have you. And one of the things that, uh, that I can tell you right here and now that's a good barometer on uh way uh, the tradition is following is by the different things that the different tracks are done and, and both in Europe and um, in uh, the United States. Now, I'm going to give you an example here uh, of, of why tradition is so important and why is it so steady. Uh, it, it, it endures. Uh the University of Kentucky did a survey and finds that find that there's thirty one thousand equine enterprises in Kentucky. Now I could I could give you statistics on every state, every country and everything, but I'm not I'm just using Kentucky as an example. They had uh thirty one thousand equine enterprises in the state of Kentucky. Um you know it was just interesting. To uh, talk about, uh, you know, uh, the industry as a whole. Um, There's 210,000 equine uh, people uh, that are involved in the equine business that reside in the state in Kentucky. 31,000 different operations, over 900,000 acres of land is being taken up by these equine, uh, you know, people, professionals. So the 2022 Kentucky uh, Equine Survey, which looks at all breeds of horses as well as donkeys and mules, uh, estimates that the total value um, of the state's equine and equine-related assets is $27.7 billion, estimated equine-related sales and income for equine operations in the state, uh, and that was of 2022. Uh, uh, Now, see, like I've always been saying, and like International Equine Network, we try to uh, cater to everything and everybody. And the reason we do that is because the field is so wide open, you know, as this survey states. You know, uh, um, you're talking about 31,000 different equine operations. You're talking about 210,000 people that live in the state of Kentucky that are in horse-related or equine-related, you know, jobs. Now, you think about that. That 210,000 people are going to Burger Kings, gas stations, Walmarts. Uh, You know, they're they're going to the doctor, to the dentist, to the eye doctor. They're spending their money all in the state of Kentucky. You know, and that's why the industry is so important. And that's why we need to guard it and protect it and and keep expanding, you know, the business for it. Now, uh, you know, I haven't compared this to other states yet, but I'll be doing that this week. So you can imagine if every state uh like Florida, New York, Maryland, you know, Virginia, uh throws up numbers like that, you're looking like at a huge, huge um dollar uh value to to the community and to the United States. Uh thirdbreds are listed as the majority breed by numbers. They have forty eight thousand five hundred uh thoroughbreds in the state of Kentucky, followed by thirty five thousand cortivores. So you you're looking at you know you're you're looking almost a hundred thousand horses well with all the horses in Kentucky you're looking at about a hundred thousand horses in there uh, the survey organizers thanked all the people who took the time to participate They noted that the information gleaned from uh, uh, the survey will allow equine industry to improve equine health care educate and inform state and local policymakers. Inform workforce development, aid in the support of proposals for business ventures, or, and/or grants, and identify an emerging market. So, you know, basically, you know what they're trying to do is they they do know how many, you know, how important the horse business is, and so now we're trying to get the states to, you know, start looking towards and uh, uh, and assisting in the help that the equine industry might have you know, that, that type of thing. And so that, that's kind of exciting to see, you know, these things happening. And, and you know, I can't stress enough, uh, you know, to our different states how important uh, these people are to, you know, our, our business. Uh, you know, they, they make it, they make us go. And, and what I like is that if you can go to, uh, just as a spectator, um, you don't need to know a lot about horses, but you can go out to Keeneland or Churchill, or uh, you know, to the Kentucky Horse Park, and and make it a family outing. You know, just for a day, just to kind of see what it's like, and and you know uh, where everything's going. And then you can kind of go from there with it. You know, kind of help support the industry. Uh, who knows? You might end up buying a horse or start working with the horses yourself, and, and also that you know that's what we're looking for. Uh, you know with, with uh, what we're doing here and speaking of support uh a new a new kind of thing is going on in the horse business uh, it's called a it's been around for a long time but they're called invitationals and um what what we mean by an invitational is you've got a horse running and and we'll uh, say let's say for example you got um a horse like secretariat. You know, everybody wants that horse to run at their racetrack so they can be a hard, uh, part of history. Well, what's happened is, like, um, the Keeneland Sales Company is going to sponsor uh, one of the greatest uh, stake races that we had in this country uh, ever. Uh, and they're the sponsor of the Alabama stakes at Saratoga. Uh, the Sorrento stakes at Del Mar. Uh, this is this is just this Unbelievable. You know, you've got a a state-run operation like the Kingland Sales Company reaching out to the states of uh, New York and and California to sponsor a major race at those states, at those racetracks. And I'm I'm telling you, you know, now that you start getting these tracks working together with each other, you know, no telling what's going to happen. The quality of racing, you know, uh, is going to be even better and better and better. Uh, uh, more better as they should say. Uh, a lot of these people do. But it's going to be a quality type race and, and what they do is like at Saratoga, um for example with the Alabama Stakes and, and or the Travers Stakes or Kentucky with the Kentucky Derby and, you know, so forth and so on. What they do is that that's a, a crowd uh, maker. Uh, you make, you make crowds with good quality horses like that. You have a great weekend, uh, the best horses in the world that that'll be running there, uh, you know, the best races in the world. And so now uh, Keeneland and Kentucky's helping out New York and Del Mar, and Del Mar will do the same thing, you know, with uh, with uh, Kentucky and and New York. And that's one of the greatest things about it is they're starting to pool um their talent. Uh you know, each uh, each track has a signature. Uh, you know, item, uh, well, like the Churchill Downs got the Twin Spires. uh, Keelan, you know, the heart of the bluegrass, uh, Delmar, uh, you know, it's the place to be, uh, it's because it's by the sea, as they say. Um, so that's what I like about all these different tracks have signature things that bring them there. And so now they're pooling their resources together and they're going to try to get you know, uh, horses from Kentucky to Del Mar and, you know, vice versa. And, and, and that's what they're trying to do. So they realize that that's an economy, uh, building. Uh, you know, that, that, that weekend, it might only be one day or just the weekend. But when you start putting together, you know, races like this and, and inviting all these different winners from these different tracks, you know, uh, to, uh, California, Kentucky, Florida you know, the whole nine yards. People want to go see them. You know, they want to go see it. And that's building on the economy. So what I like about what the horse business does is they try to look at the economy all around from all aspects of it. And once you start getting these big horse races going on uh, between tracks, you get a lot of people that, that'll you know, venture out for the weekend, maybe fly out from California to New York or to Kentucky to see, see their 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 right horse from California run in those races in Kentucky and New York and so forth. and so that's um, uh, what I like about it. Uh, you know, you're seeing all these things, um, and the the six hundred the Alabama stakes is six hundred thousand dollars, and I tell you what, it, it's an amazing race. Uh, it's going to bring a lot of horses and a lot of good people there. You know, to the track. And, you know, it's just all part of the business, as they say. And it gets communities involved. It gets states involved. It gets everybody involved. Um, you know, that. so that's what we're looking at there. And, you know, it's kind of like a, a many Breeders' Cup, I would say. Uh, you know, because the Breeders' Cup has horses coming from all around the world, you know, to to race here. Uh, you know, this year, it's going to be... Um, Held at Santa Anita, uh, they got contenders coming from all over the world. You know, uh, just to give you an example, why they're coming here. Uh, the Breeders' Cup uh, Friday races. You have the million-dollar juvenile turf sprint, the two-million-dollar juvenile fillies, the one on the dirt, the one million-dollar juvenile fillies on the turf, the two-million-dollar juvenile fillies, and um, you have the one million-dollar uh, juvenile turf. So you know, there's uh, four or five races there. People coming for a million dollars that attracts a lot of attention. And then on Breeders' Cup Saturday, uh, they have the $1 million dollar filly and mare sprint, the two million dollar sprint, the $1 million dollar turf sprint, the $1 million dollar dirt mile, the two million dollar filly and turf filly uh, and mare turf, and then the two uh, the two million dollar mile. And so you're looking at quite a bit of money, you know, here. When you start looking at all, all these different races that they're having. And the thing that I like about it is that, uh, it's a great weekend. Uh, you get international and national coverage from everything. And, you know, I'm just uh, so excited about all, all these different races that they have. And like in Florida, we got the Pegasus in the wintertime, you know, which is a multi-million dollar race and gets horses from all over the world. And, uh, you know, and it helped, it helps the economy. You know, that's what we're doing here. And and so now that we've got the product uh that the horse people are putting out. And and they do they have the same type of thing in the horse shows. They offer a lot of money and get a lot of horses from everywhere. It's the same thing with the standard bread, so it's just not exclusively, you know, a thoroughbred thing. Uh, you know, just want to make sure we're clear of that. And and so to in order to get, you know, a good product out there for the customers to see. And, and, you know, hopefully get new people in the business um, is, is kind of a difficult thing. And I'll give you an example. A lot of people can't tell you who won the Derby last year, but a lot of people can tell you that, oh, there's a lot of horses that broke down and had to be put down on the track at Derby time. So that led into a lot of uh, suspensions and a lot of fines and it's just a lot of things, you know about the business because here you you know you've got your uh, best day of racing uh, at the Kentucky Derby and all of a sudden you know you see these horses breaking down and and it's kind of hard to you know explain to the public you know why it happened how it happened how often does it happen you know and, and that that's really a, a bad mark on on the racing business so we've got to do something to correct that and like I've been saying all along, you know, we don't know why these horses broke down. So they created a study and a focus group uh to, you know, kind of figure out, you know, what, why these horses, you know, were breaking down. Well, first of all, you know, everybody said, oh, it's the track. It's the track. Same thing happened in Santa Anita, you know, other places you didn't hear about. It's the track. Well, You know, when they started studying and they started looking and they said, well, you know, yes, the track could be a possibility, but there's a lot of other factors that go into it. And so we go we go from the get-go, from the beginning. Years and years and years ago, the gene pool on the horse industry, and this is all breeds, was not real close. You had uh, one stallion and it had a lot of errors. So over the last 40 or 50 years, the gene pool has gotten closer and closer and closer. And when I talk about the gene pool, we're talking about, you know, how, how strong are the bones? How strong are the muscles? You know, are, are they getting better? You know, they they look like they're getting better. You know, so they started studying the gene gene pool and said, "Well, that could be it." You know, you could get some close breeding and breeding there, and and uh, start to look at. uh you know, the bone structure and the muscle structure and find out the density of the bone and the muscle and the heart and the lungs is not there because of the gene pool. Okay, well, that that's the second reason it could be. So we're looking at the track and we're looking at the gene pool now. So now, uh you know, so, well, that could be it, but nothing, you know, specifically points to that. You know, you can't come back and say, oh, well, this, you know, this horse broke down because, uh, you know, bone structure, uh you know, wasn't uh, wasn't as dense as they thought it was. Neither was the muscles or the lungs or the tendons and you know what have. You. So now you're, you're you know you still don't really know, but you're starting to get a good direction you know and where where you're going with this. So then they started looking at you know okay where was the horse foal at where where was he born at. So they mark down Kentucky, Florida, you know, California, wherever. And they start looking at all the horses that are breaking down from those areas and and see if they can find anything that's consistent. Well, no, they can't do that. You know, so now they go to the next step, say, well, you know, the inbreeding's there. That's a possibility. The track's a possibility. So now they want to know how the horse is raised. So they go back to all the horses that they're studying, and, you know, that are breaking down and they go back to the farm that they were raised at. When they, when they broke them to saddle, when uh, they started training them for racing, how often were they training? Uh, you know, you go through the whole process, you know, it's a day by day thing, you know, to see, see what they're doing. Uh, were they, were they born or fall, you know, in uh, April or May or June? You know, or where they fall in January or February. So now, you know, you're you're looking at, at a whole different situation because a lot a lot of places, you know, they don't allow two year olds, you know, to get out and really get in the mix until they, you know, get a little older. So if you're looking at a two year old that was uh, fall in January, and comparing him to, uh, you know, to a, a, a fall that was fall in May, you're looking at five months difference. You're looking at a you know, uh, come winter months and then going into the spring months. So, you know, that could have something to do with, it. you know, the, the time that they were full. So now, you know, we got, oh, gee whiz, now we've got three or four or five different things to look at on these horses, you know, to find out what's going on with them. And so now you say, okay, we've, we've looked at all this, and here's what we think. And so everybody puts forth an opinion and saying, this this is where, you know, where we're going at with. But we still have breakdowns. So, and really no, you know, reason why. So now you go to where the horses were raised. You look at the water that they were drinking, that they were raised on. You look at the feed that they were getting, uh, at the hay uh, that they were getting, uh, you know, at the grazing the pastures and paddocks and... You know, you start looking at a whole different you know slew of uh, of things that you start taking notes on, and believe you me, this is time consuming. You know, this is so time consuming and it's unbelievable. Um, you know, we find out that some some feeds uh, might be uh, good for the horse. You know, uh, not saying that it isn't, but it's just something you might not you know want the horse to have, and so you start looking at diet. And you make sure that you get the right diet. You make sure when they start growing that you feed them a little more, and when they stop growing, you feed them a little less. You know, uh, that's, that's what you have to do. you got to monitor this, you know, day in and day out. You've got to monitor it, monitor everything. Uh, you know, weather uh, enters into it, too. Um, you know, how many good outside days do they have? How many days are they inside? Was uh, it rain and mud, sweet and snow? uh you know this all affects these horses when they're out you know trying to grow up you know and, and be good uh you know to them. so now you got all this, all those different things to look at and then the most crucial point that i think is that um, on day 1 when you first break them to the saddle and and you start and, and you know you add that to the records that you have on them i think it's very important to monitor them every day Uh, You know, basically, uh, you know, you go out and you start with them, training them real light, and, uh, you know, make notes of that. And then, uh, you know, every morning, the next day after they train, you make sure somebody goes in there and puts a hand on their legs, puts a hand on their body to see if they're sore, if they got any problems, Uh, you know, if they're hitting themselves anywhere. You know, it it, it becomes a task that uh, takes a long time to, uh, you know, Nine to five job, uh, you know, with them. So you start doing that and you record all those recordings and then you, you try to figure out, are you going to get them ready for a two year old trainings and sale, uh, and, um, Ocala or, you know, at Timonium in Maryland, you know, and so now you know how hard you're pushing these horses, you know, that you're pushing them to get them to the sales or you're just pushing them to get to the races. Uh, you know, like they got a lot of good two-year-old races here at Saratoga. And you see a lot of times, a lot of your better horses, two-year-olds, you know, will point for, uh, uh, you know, the August, uh, uh, Saratoga meet. And then, you know, either, either, uh, Delmar or, uh, Keenan meet, uh, fall meet, you know, and then eventually the Breeders' Cup. So you've really pushed a horse pretty hard to get there, and a lot of those things become factors in you know how they how they run and you know what happens to them you know so so that that's one of the things that um, you know we want to be talking about and, and the owners are starting to talk about uh, now is to um, make sure that they know where they've been, what they're doing, and where they're going, and that helps gives gives you a healthier horse and a better product for the public to see. And so that, that's why you know we do all these things and, and the whole point of this little segment here has been the fact that we want to put uh, the horse first above all before you know racing or anything we want to put the horse first we want to make sure that the horse is healthy you know uh, and kind of race to the best of its ability and, you know and, and grow grow up good that's what, that's what we want to do and uh, so that, that's what the whole segment has been about, and if we do that, then we're giving a good product to uh, to the public. Uh, you know, we're giving a real good uh, product to the public, and they won't have to be hearing or seeing about these things that they're doing. And uh, the of uh, people, which are monitoring all the tracks now, they, they're having or they had a uh, superintendent field day up at uh, Horseshoe Indianapolis. And what they do is all part of the program to develop a better product is they invite, uh, superintendents and track managers from all over the country and all over, all over the world actually to come in and they have a seminar and they talk about, you know, what they do with their track, how they do it, how many injuries they've had, you know, that, that type of thing. So, uh, Indianapolis is a great place this time of year to go out and do that and they all check it out and, um, you know, they throw their ideas together and then they get a report, report together. They give it to Heisen. Heisen, you know, these are the suggestions that, uh, you know, they might uh, want to make. Uh, it, it, and what's interesting, it could be for many workers putting a padded, uh, put a pad on a, on a, uh, fence post going out to the track or, you know, um there are a lot of things they can do. I'm not a superintendent, but. You know, I do know that there are a lot of questions being asked and discussed and seeing how they're doing, you know, what's the content, you know, how much sand do you use to dirt and, and clay and that type of stuff to your track. So that's what they do at that superintendents, and then they bet. They gamble. All them superintendents, all them guys, they go home broke. With them. They go over and bet, and um, that's what, we, you know, basically they do over there. But no, it's important that you put all the lines together and, you know, see what they can do, uh, you know, with the, with the, uh, the tracks and the maintenance and weather conditions and everything else. Um, and, and, you know, as we're talking here about all the guidelines, um, New York regulators are con- considering a 72 hour vet evaluation. And basically what they do, uh, um, with these uh, thoroughbreds that we're mainly talking about right now. It says New York regulators are considering a rule of explicitly requiring the trainers attending veterinarians to evaluate a thoroughbred horse fitness within 72 hours of a race or workout. So in other words, uh, when you come in and you get ready to uh, uh, train your horse and, and breed your horse for a workout, uh, 72 hours prior to that, uh the, the attending veterinarian's gotta come in and look at it. Um, and same thing before they race. Uh you know, they gotta go look at it. And and I think it's the greatest thing in the world because uh you you walking in and, and you got four or five sets of eyes on the horse and you're getting ready to um, you know, get it to uh to the races as they say. And so like we'll take like a uh, Forte for example. Uh, Forte had a uh, bruised his foot, um, four or five days before the derby. And they had a, an attending the veterinarian at Churchill came out and they, uh, tested the hoof and with the tester and everything and flexed the horse and did everything they had to do to it. And the horse was a little jumpy and a little sore, so they, they scratched the horse. And so, you know, this again is important to what kind of product we put out there. Sure, there's a lot of trainers that, you know, have gone out and said, oh, well, you know, oh, yeah, he's good to go, just a bruise, just a bruise. Well, you know, just a bruise can lead into a lot of different things. Um, it could uh, lead into the way the horse carries himself during the race, whether he wants to put pressure on it, whether he doesn't. So th- this is a good thing, um, that they go in there and, and, and do that. And that's why we've got to keep thinking of the horse. We've got to keep thinking of the public. And we gotta, uh, uh, you know, to do what we need to do. And one thing that I like about it, uh, is the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission is hiring safety stewards. And, uh, these safety stewards are, uh, to come in and they're, they're to, uh, um, uh, you know, take a look at, uh, you know, the horses, uh, evaluate them. Uh, there's just so many things that this safety person can do. They can be walking through the shadow in the morning. And uh you know sea horses uh uh you know being worked on or veterinarians working on they uh they can uh, uh actually uh go into the paddock on race day to make sure that they're in good shape uh you know there's just so many things you know the more eyes and the more hands, the better off we are you know with it and I think that's going to be an important uh thing to do uh with uh the horse industry. And same with the show horses and standard and everything. you got to make sure that those horses are healthy and ready to run. You know, and the only way you can do that is have a good set of hands and a good pair of eyes. You know, and be on a regular basis with it. So that, that's, uh, again, it's all about safety of the horse and the public and getting them back. You know, getting the public back. And speaking of getting the public back, um, we had a <laughs> This is going to be interesting. Uh, Bob Baffert, uh, in the last uh, few derbies that that he ran in, had horses that got tested positive for medications. So Churchill Downs extends the ban of Bob Baffert through 2024. So you know Bob missed the the Derby and and everything, and, and so now it's a whole different world out there. And again. Like I said, we're trying to make sure the public knows that they're getting a quality horse, and that's why this is being done. Uh, Churchill Downs Inc. extended Bob Baffert's exclusion from racing horses at CDI on, on tracks uh, in the late afternoon announcement on July 3rd. A release from Churchill Downs said that the ban will extend through the end of 2024 and that the decision was made based on continued concerns regarding the uh, threat of uh, safety and integrity uh, of the racing horses that Bob had. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what comes out of this. I know there might be some court, you know, things that being brought up. But, again, it's going back to let the public know that one of the best trainers ever to step into the racetrack is being uh made to follow the rules, you know, and and, it, and it's going to be good because now that people know when they go in, they get a quality horse and they're going to see a quality race, you know, and if something happens, unfortunately, something happens, then, you know, what can you do, uh, you know, from it? But it, it's just letting everybody know that um, they're being monitored, they're being watched. Uh, from afar and close up, they're being watched, uh, you know, by veterinarians and, and all kinds of, uh, super, supervisory personnel that, that are in the horse business. And, and that's the greatest thing in the world to start having that to, uh, have these guys to march to that drum. But they'll be doing. Um, so again, it's all about the horse and about the public. And speaking about the public and what we do here at ientv.org, uh, we provide a service um, like today. If you go to our website ientv.org, you can see racing from uh, Saratoga, and, and it's really tough to find racing now because uh, some of the betting outlets they don't they don't uh, you know have a contract with Saratoga, they're not shown. You know, for example, like a uh, uh, TVG. They don't have, uh, Saratoga on there. Uh, but Fox does, and so does Naira. And also, uh, what I've done is I've teamed up with, uh, Ireland and Fox, and, uh, we actually get those seeds, their live feed, uh, and we put it on our, uh, website, and you can see that every day for the, the duration of the, uh, Saratoga meet. And you, and you don't have to worry about having a special, uh, you know, package or anything like that, you know, with them. Uh, which some are hard to get. All you gotta do is uh, come to IENTV.org and you can watch the races. And you can watch the Ray shows too there. Awesome. Um so, you know, we're trying to figure all this out. Um, the Saratoga Live broadcast team includes, um let's see here, Greg Wolf, Lafitte Pankai, I will be there, Maggie Wolfendale will be there, um we have a whole slew of people that will be uh, bringing that to you. And then uh, they're getting ready. Uh, everybody's building up to the the grade one, uh, 1.25 million Travers on August the 26th. It's a grade one. We have the Million Dollar Whitney uh, coming up. Uh, we have a lot of good braces coming up. And... You're gonna see good quality because they got the people inspecting them they got the people looking out for them it is what you're doing, and so whether you're on t v or at the track, it's a great place to be. That's Del Mar by the sea they okay, we've got um from July thirteenth, which you know uh, uh was yesterday uh we're sitting here going uh through all the different uh racing that we have. And, uh, it's usually on FS1 or Naira. Or you can come and catch us on, uh, org and see them every day, uh, that they're racing. And you'll see it, you'll see it all live soon. And we got an international racing that we have. Uh, we got international horse, horse shows that we have. Uh, I can't see the monitors, but, uh, um, I know we have uh, tomorrow, uh, we've got some, we've got a Dressage Live today, I think. And then tomorrow we got um, the uh, um, Quest for Equine Gold uh, from Italy. Uh, and it's going to really be a good, good day tomorrow, you know, to, to get out there and see it. Um, Saratoga, what can I say? They're open. Uh, they had the Skylerville yesterday. And they got the Coronation Cup and, and Wilton uh, Stakes Race tomorrow. Um, Saturday they got the Grade 1 the, Diana man is that really good? it has got the grade three uh Kelsum uh, I tell you it, it's gonna be good. You don't see what they have on there and then every week there's a big race uh you know i will through the week uh, you couldn't believe it you know, the only part of bad part about Saratoga now is with it being open it the, the toughest part is making and finding out the excuses what to tell your wife or your girlfriend where you're at. That That's the toughest part about it. But if I were you, I'd take them with me because there's a lot of things there for them to, uh, you know, for them to do, uh, every week. Uh, there's something different, uh, you know, there at, uh, uh Saratoga. Uh, it's really good. They have, um, this is a race that, that I like. It's, um, it's kind of an unusual race. It's week four. It's the Saratoga Derby Invitational. And you don't get a lot of American horses in it. Uh, you know, and, and it's, uh, you don't see many of them. You get a lot of European horses, but, but it's, it's really a good race to look forward to. And, and that's on, uh, um, uh, week, uh, week four there. Then, uh, on Saturday, uh, August 5th, we got Blithers Day. Um, that, that's really a good, good race on there. Uh, Then we have the uh, Saratoga uh, Derby International. Uh, That week we have the Grade 3 Anirondack on Sunday. Um, It's it's really good, uh, you know, to see there. And then I I always hated this week, and I'll tell you why. Uh, When you get into week five, it starts getting into the fall there at Saratoga, and it makes you, Oh, you know, think I gotta leave? I gotta leave, you know, to go back south, you know. And then, there's, but there's still three weeks weeks of racing, you know, uh, left. Now you still have Alabama Day, which is on uh, week six. Now that's uh, August the 19th, and then you have um, the Travers Day, um, which is on uh, week seven. And you know that, that's a really good race. That's the August 26th that they have there. And then, of course, the week eight, it closes out, and it goes pretty quick, you know, from there and all. But it's all about good quality. Um, it's all about fun, getting the family out. And, and a lot of these, um, uh, the show horse people, they do the same thing. Wellington, they have uh, Friday night or Saturday night lights. Uh, you know, they've got entertainment. they got the horses and, and good food, good everything. You know, so that's always good to go to and they have them at, at, at Tryon in North Carolina, the World Equestrian Center, um, Parker, Colorado, uh, you know, Chicago. Uh, they've, they've got a lot in Michigan. Uh, they've got a lot of good uh, weekend things that you can go and do. And most of the facilities have camping facilities, um, so you don't have to really uh, worry about, uh, you know, high-priced hotels, even though they have them there, uh, you know, at all of them. Uh, What I like about them is you go in and um, the camping end of it, you can go from primitive and tent camping all the way up to the big RVs. And if you don't have an RV or a camper to tow along with you, uh, a lot of times they have them to rent there at the facilities. And that's what's really good about that is to go see that happen. You know, from from a tent, from a camping world vehicle, that's what you want. And then Saratoga, um. Uh, also, and like I said, with cooperation of all the tracks and the invitations, uh, they got to Saratoga Derby to serve as a qualifier for the Cox Plate. And um, I tell you, this, this when I saw this happen and I said, you know, these guys are really getting serious about it from all the different uh, race tracks around the country and around the world. Um, I'm telling you, when you get out here and you start to look at all the different tracks that are around this country, it's just unbelievable. Um, the Saratoga, uh, the Saratoga Derby Invitational slated for August 5th at Saratoga Racecourse will offer the winner an automatic berth into the Australian $5 million Cox Plate. A new, a new lucrative partnership will provide the winner of the Saratoga Derby, a mile and three sixteenth test for sophomores, a place in the starting gate on October 28th. Uh, at the Cox Plate and in, um Monet Valley, Victoria, Austria, Australia, uh, with winning connections for, for the generous subsidies and transportation to, for the, to get there. So in other words, uh, what they're doing is, is when you come in and you run in one of these races here in the States, they offering you, uh, you know, they're offering you a trip to Australia if you win. And, and, you know, I, I just can't understand, you know, why the, our horsemen aren't doing this. And, you know, it's a whole new thing. It's a whole new thing. And, you know, I'll, I'll give you a good example. When, when you're going, when you're training for the Derby, okay, you're training for a mile and a quarter, and you're training for running against the best horses that's there. It takes you eight, nine months, ten months to get, you know, uh to get there you know, to get to the Derby. And then you got the the Preakness to go in, which is just a little bit shorter than the Derby, but it's only two weeks away. And then you got the Belmont, which is five weeks away from Derby. So you got a lot of preparation and a lot of training to do. So now all of a sudden, you know, you're you're looking at a chance to go over to uh Australia and uh take a look at all these uh uh things that you're that you're doing with your horse. And now, now you know, you say, well, why, you know, oh, it's $5 million, I'm going for that. Well, sure, you know, $5 million is good. You know, your expenses are paid and everything. But the most important thing is, is the breeding aspect of it. If you've got a horse that can come over here and, let's say, win the Kentucky Derby or, you know, win the Traverse or win big at Saratoga, you know, and get, get uh, invited over to Australia, you know, and your horse does good over there and comes back. Ooh man, that, and for, as far as the stallion prospect is concerned, you know, you couldn't have it any better than that. And that's, you know, that's what our business is all about is starting to get, um, you know, all these different, uh, uh, things done in the horse business. And, you know, it's just not, you just don't go out there and send the horse around the track, you know, uh, in training, you know, that type of thing. Uh, you know, you have to get them ready for it. And something new and that they've never ever done. It's something that nobody else has ever done in the United States is get ready to go and race in Australia, you know, a few months later. Uh, you know, that type of thing. And, and I'll give you a good example. And, I, you know, I, I'll never forget the day that they announced that, uh, um, in Kentucky. Um, they had a place, uh, it's, uh, between Nashville and, uh, uh, in the Kentucky state line, uh, you know, right there. And it's called Kentucky Downs. And it's a European style gallop. It's a Euro- European style racetrack. It's off turf, uh, that you go up and down uh, the hills over there. And I tell you what, it, it's, it's a sight to behold because you just don't, there's no place in this country that you can do that at other than Kentucky Downs. So, you know, when I told some people about it, I said, you know, you got to look at this thing. I said, gee whiz. I said, some of the purse money that they have going over here and you know, how many are going to be running and you know, where are they coming from? So the first couple of years, it was pretty good. And then all of a sudden you got people coming from all over the country, all over the world to race there at Kentucky Downs. And I mean, the purse money is just unbelievable. Uh, what they're offering there, you know, this year for it. And I'll give you a good example here. Uh, they, they'll be open uh, September 2nd. Uh, they got uh, the Music City, uh, Million Dollar Music City race. Uh, they got the $2 million Mint Millions uh, race. Um, they got the million on September 3rd. They got uh, the Million Dollar Dueling Grounds Derby. Uh, they got the million dollar dueling grounds oaks, uh, for Phillies. So, you know, you're looking at, you know, you're looking at million, you know, a few million dollars every day, you know, just in a couple of races. Um, then you get down to, uh, September 7th, you got the $500,000 one dreamer stakes, uh, great race Saturday. You got the one million dollar turf sprint. Uh, you got the one million dollar turf cup. You got the, uh, one million dollar Franklin Simpson. Uh, from three year olds at six and a half, uh, you know, a million there. Um, you know, then you come back and you're looking at, at, uh, three, four, uh, uh, the ladies marathon, which is a million, the ladies turf, which is a million, the ladies turf, which is a million. Uh, you're looking at, um, the ladies, uh, marathon, uh, which is a million dollars. You know, I mean, it's just un- unbelievable what you have there. Uh, then, Towards the end of the meet, you got the $500,000 Kentucky uh, Downs Juvenile going a mile for two-year-olds. You got the $500,000 Kentucky Downs Juvenile Phillies, the two-year-old Phillies going a mile. Uh, Wednesday, you got the $500,000 uh, Kentucky Downs Juvenile Sprint. Uh, uh, you got uh $500,000 Untappable stakes. You know, I mean, it's just unbelievable, you know, what they're doing there. Uh they put a million, they added a million seven hundred thousand, uh, for Kentucky breads. If you're a Kentucky bread, you're going to get paid, uh, what you win and then some, you know, for it. And, and again, you know, it's it showing, it's showing you the cooperation that everybody is trying to have, you know, uh, you know, for all the different tracks. Uh, Saratoga's got a great, uh, week up there. Uh, you know, it's, uh, they got everything, uh, uh, Traverse Week is probably, I'd say, the best week to go if you're going to go, go to, uh, Kentucky. I mean, to Saratoga. And then I, I would say the fall meet at, uh, Keeneland is probably the best one to go to, uh, in the fall. They get a little bit of everything there and it's so, so beautiful there. But, um, tomorrow at Saratoga uh the featured races tomorrow will be, uh, the Diana and it's one of the uh, premier races in the country. It's only got a, f- a five-horse field there this year. Um, and, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, what do you think, uh, who do you think is going to win it? Mark cassie has got uh, one horse in it, and it's a five-horse field. And then the other four horses are all trained by Chad Brown. So I think the situation for Chad might be pretty good. Might be a pretty good race there, uh, you know, for him to do. It's $500,000 for filling and mares, uh, four-year-olds and up, um, going a mile and eighth on a turf, the rails at 12 feet. So, you know, that's looking good. And then uh, also on the card up there, a uh, uh, really fantastic race. Uh, a lot of good horses, um, have won, uh, you know, uh, this race. It's Kelso. It's a grade three. Um, post time is 545. And then on the Diana, the post time is, uh, let's see here, uh 2.46 in the afternoon, which you can watch on IENTV.org in, uh, here in International Equal Network. Uh, but the Kelso, it's a, it's a great race for four-year-olds and up. Um, it's a mile on the turf. It's very competitive. It's not a sprint. It's not a distance race. But it, it's a good, quick race. It, it's really good. Um, we've got a nine horse field in there. Billy Mott has got a, a couple of good horses. Uh, Christophe Gaumont's got a, a good horse in there. Uh, you know, it's going to be uh, interesting. Now, um, one of the horses that, that I, I like, uh, it's not because he's from our Palm Beach Downs farm, is uh, Todd uh, Fletcher's got uh, a horse in there called Annapolis. And uh, this horse has been really good and really consistent over the over the training season. And, uh, you know, you couldn't ask for anything better than that, you know, with them. And, you know, uh, the whole whole point of what we're trying to get across here is we're trying to get people to get out to the racetrack, trying to get people to go out to the track and, and visit and, and see, you know, go out in the mornings and have breakfast at the track and see everybody and, you know, see the horses what they do before on race day and, you know, that type of thing. It's really a good thing to you know go see. It's a good family thing, is, is what I like about it. Uh, you can do that with the show horses too. The show horses might be a, a better uh, viewing for the family, I would say, um, because it's uh, uh, you know it's probably what kids identify with more than anything, and and the show horse business has always got something going on you know, all day long. They got good food. Uh, they got um, all kinds of things to see. You can walk up and get personal with the horses. You know, you can go see everything that's there. And then they have the jumping in the afternoon and then and, and, and in the evenings, which, you know, all the kids and the family really like. You know, uh, with the racing, it's over with, you know, in just a few minutes, and then it's 20 minutes to the next race. You know, and then you go from there, and... 3rd business or standard-bred business. But the show horses, it's a good all-day thing, you know, and you got good stadium seating you can go sit in and, and you can watch, and that's really good. And then there's the polo. Um, you know, we got great polo grounds here in, um, in uh, Florida. In fact, we've got the Polo Hall of Fame up here in, in Lantana in uh, the Lake Worth area, in which is close to the, to the uh, polo grounds. So, you know, the whole thing is, is, uh, the business is getting better. Uh, the quality is getting better. The safety is, is doubled in the last year, uh, you know, to make sure that it's a good, safe, uh, you know, um, viewing for the, for the public, uh, you know, to do that. Um, uh, we got a lot of good control on it, a lot of new rules and regulations, uh, into it. Um, you know, they're getting everything where it should be. And so that's what I like about uh, our business. Uh, we're always working to give you a good product. Uh We're always inviting people to come out. Like uh here, for example, at uh, Sunshine Meadows in Delray Beach, you're more than welcome to come out and see the horses anytime you want. Get up close and personal. Come and see me out here. I'll give you a tour of the farm, introduce you to some trainers, introduce you to some uh international riders, some of the best in the world, and and go from there, you know we got a horse out here at um, Laurel A. Farms. His name's Peanut. He's 29 years old, and he's still showing. That's unusual. That's unheard of in the show horse business. But Peanut's been showing for 29 years, and you can come up and see him and pet him. And if you even talk to uh, Victoria, uh, which is the owner and trainer of the horse, you might be able to take a lesson and get to ride Peanut, which is an international... Uh, you know, type horse. He's unbelievable. So we hope to join us next Friday on International Equine Network. Come and look at our website and come and visit us in Delray Beach, Florida. This is Scott Miller thanking you for your time.